Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 114. Aaron, we just got done with a sweep, a mini sweep of the LA Kings in their own barn. Uh, man, that really felt really good. It did. It's always good to beat the Kings. Uh, almost as good as beating Vegas, but I feel like Vegas is a better satisfying win. But yes, going into the going into the Kings place, and, and I can't even remember how many we've beaten them this year, but... Uh, Man, they were in a playoff spot, and I say were because now the Sharks are even closer, I believe, in the standings uh, to the playoff spot. So they just leapfrogged over L.A. with those two wins. Um, I'm sure L.A. fans and the L.A. team are not very happy with themselves right now. Yeah, probably not the case. Uh, Among those guys that are very unhappy, guys like Jonathan Quick, uh, guys like Drew Doughty, guys like Anze Kopitar, uh, all guys that I, I like uh, being not very happy right now. Well, Jonathan so. Quick with the uh, game-winning assist tonight. Yeah, hey, how about that, right? Yeah. Turned it right over, and uh, like we said, Gamby loves a, a go-ahead goal. So mm-hmm. uh, that one, uh, pretty nice to see. You know, sometimes you just get lucky. Um, like the, the first goal tonight, for instance, LeBanc had just kind of ricocheted around and went in the net. You know what? Throw the puck at the net. Sometimes uh, fancy things happen there. So uh, speaking of uh, fancy things, there's a fancy little button on our tweets and on uh, on Facebook there. It allows you to share us uh, to everybody uh, that you know. So if you have Sharks friends and family that you'd like to share uh, our content with, please make sure that you hit a retweet button or that you share it with them. Get them in the comment section right here, right now. We can get this conversation going with everybody else. Uh, for instance, I got a great comment here from uh, Kellen. Foster says the Sharks are diagnosed with a UTI because they have serious PP problems. <laughs> PP, of course, being power play. Yeah, their power play wasn't uh, super impressive tonight, but uh, that's okay. I'll take what I can get. In fact, the next comment there from Nick saying four in a row. That's what we're going to focus on here. The positive things, right? Four in a row for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, they they sweep. Uh, who was it? Minnesota, right? And then they uh, they go and they sweep uh, the LA Kings here in this the, again these two game miniseries. So, uh, yeah, no, four in a row. That's eight points they've collected in the past four games. And I know you weren't too happy with the shootout win in Minnesota, but, I mean, these ones definitely feel a whole heck of a lot better. Now, there's uh, a bit of a, a, a development, we'll say, uh, that happened during this game. After the first period in this game, Mark Edward Vlasic goes off the ice for intermission, and he does not return uh, in the second period now, of course, everyone's freaking out, thinking, okay, wait a minute, what does this mean, right, for, for Mark Edward Vlasic? And here's the, the tweet, actually, Curtis Pashelka saying, per the Sharks, Mark Edward Vlasic is doubtful to return to the game, not saying if it's an injury. Uh, of course, they were just saying he's doubtful to return now. Um, so we were saying, okay, you know, it could be an injury, um, but I, I did hear Randy say uh, he was in the locker room injured, but that was just something that Randy kind of blurted out. I think he was kind of going back and forth on whether – it, you know, something that they need to get excited about or something that is just not a big deal. Let's not worry about it too much. Let's not speculate too much. But he did kind of just blurt out injury, right? So uh, there was the first thing. But then actually in the post-game presser, uh, Bob did confirm. He said, yes, it's an upper body injury. It happened sometime early in the first period. And he played the rest of the, the period, but he didn't really have anything else to give after that. So apparently that's all it is. So we're just giving you guys that information. We just heard from Bob Bugner uh, in the post-game conference. So uh, th- that's apparently all that it was. It was just an upper body injury for Mark Edward Vlasic. So, uh, however, of course, I was kind of stirring the pot a little bit here with Aaron. And, and that Aaron's got the same look in his face right now. Like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So uh, I, my, my whole comment was, uh, and I'll turn this over to you after this, Aaron, is, you know, I would be considered doubtful too if I wasn't a member of the organization anymore. So uh, Aaron, go ahead and take over. What do you want to say? Oh, this is this is pure speculation. But if you were to be traded, the league office isn't open. I think they closed probably 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Eastern. So uh, we're well past that. But a trade could have been in the works with a team. And maybe they just decided the two teams decided the Sharks and another team. I don't know who, but could have decided, yeah, let's do this. But we won't be finalized until tomorrow when the league office is open and everything gets actually official and signed. So for now, can you pull him out of the game so he doesn't get injured? That way, the otherwise the trade will be off. So, who knows? That that that's the way it would be like. Um, kind of explaining why he would leave mid game and not be injured. That that's a good sign there. But and also why they wouldn't announce it afterwards because it's not official with the league. So I don't think I know for sure uh, Doug Wilson wouldn't announce anything unless it was official, um, like paperwork signed and, and accepted by the league. 
especially with him because he has such a large cap hit that the league is going to want to probably take a look and make sure that everything is is working and because we use cap friendly but cap friendly is a guesstimate it's not exact it's not what the league uses so they have a different source uh, their own thing that is not shareable um cap friendly is a great way though that that kind of goes through and and um estimates as best as they can based on based on the salaries based on the term based on everything else so um we generally have a guesstimate so anyway that kind of help explains why if it was a trade and why he left the game and was not injured now, giving credit here because it was Shang Peng who the first tweet that we saw that had uh, had noticed this and kind of even showed the last shift for Vlasic saying nothing here looked amiss. Uh, so, kind of you know giving credit where credit is due. That that's where we initially saw it was from from one of uh, Shang Peng's tweets. Uh, one of the comments following up on that tweet, however, had mentioned that there were Boston Bruin scouts in attendance for this game. I don't know where that came from. And I don't know if this guy's reputable whatsoever. I think he had like 46 followers or something like that. But apparently he seemed to, to, to think that there were Boston Bruins scouts. I'm not putting a whole bunch of weight into that. But do you know, for instance, because I know you're into the whole fantasy hockey thing. Do you know if Boston Bruins would even be interested in a guy like Vlasic? Yeah, and someone else had tweeted that they were looking for a top four defenseman. So um, I, I think Vlasic could be a top four defensive defenseman. So it makes sense. But there's scouts at almost every game all the time so you take that for what you will it's not that like it's not that definitive you know like oh he's definitely going to boston they could be scouting someone on the king's team it sure. doesn't have to be there on the sharks so uh, i could go many different ways with that 100 percent, absolutely you know i want to call uh one, well, a couple comments here now actually uh one of them noah claxton <laughs> the sharks felt cute might slip into a playoff spot i don't know <laughs> good stuff noah uh and then of course scott camp said Said I'd be back after they win four in a row. So I'm back. Maybe I'll buy some merch. Hey, man, uh, that would be awesome. And you can go to the store, thefinfactor.com, where we do have 40% off of everything in the store. Hats, T-shirts, like there you go. There's the graphic. 40% off. The hats are 18. The T-shirts are 15. The stickers are three. Uh, this is the best sale we've ever done. And it's lasting all the way through April 12th. So head over to thefinfactor.com. Uh, go ahead and cop yourself some merch. Uh, and as long as it's before April 12th, uh, before the trade deadline, you'll get this 40% off. Uh, now would be a great time to take advantage of that. And Scott, just in general, welcome back, buddy. Uh, I'm sad that you left us in the first place, but welcome back. So uh, there you go. Also, uh, if you're thinking of other ways that you can support the show on Venmo at the Fin Factor, or you can go ahead and use a super chat. Uh, I'm sure Lundy will be in here at some point and uh, want to talk about Dustin Braun and how he's going to get traded back to the Sharks or something. So um, either way, yeah, those are certainly ways you can help support the show. And we do appreciate you guys uh, doing that. So, uh, yeah, definitely, Scott. Let us know if you're planning on getting some in the chat there, uh, which one you're planning on uh, snagging. So uh, that, that'd be great. Thank you so much. Okay, Aaron, are we done with uh, pretending that we know what's happening with Vlasic here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think anything will be coming out tonight anyway. So if there is a trade and it's announced tomorrow, we will be on to talk about it. I will say that. So we'll we'll, do it. I don't tomorrow if it is announced. I don't care what time it is. uh, Whenever you're available, I'll make myself available and we'll do this. All right, good. Okay, so let's talk about the games uh, that happened against LA. Uh, the first one here was on Friday yesterday. It was a 3 nothing win. Uh, shutout for Martin Jones. It's been a while. Uh, at least I think it has. So uh, this this game, it was the Hurdle, Meyer, and Balsers line. They get all three goals. They were buzzing the entire night. Very hard to play against. Very hard on the puck. Uh, you know, it's funny. We called out Timo Meyer last game. He very clearly pays very close attention to our show. Okay. Um, and, and he wanted to get that monkey off of his back. So, uh, you know, he just wanted to prove us wrong. And I get that, uh, Timo, obviously you're watching right now. Um, you know, Hey, good on you, buddy. Way to go. I'm so happy for you that uh, you're kind of returning to form here. Uh, maybe we'll just keep calling you out. I don't know. Aaron, what do you say? Uh, I hope he's not watching and hating us. (laughs) Probably like, who are these guys, man? (laughs) Hey man, get out of (laughs) here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm glad I'm glad he's uh, turning things around and hopefully he's a little more consistent, which I feel like he was his last two games. But it could be a thing of who he's playing against. Maybe he hates L.A. just as much as we do. So he kind of gets a little bit more motivated. I don't know. I just I like the guy. I like him as a player. He just needs to be uh, more consistent. 
Hammer All right, sounds good. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, I thought that that line in general, they played really well. They were playing really strong. Uh, again, feet were constantly moving. I can't say enough about Rudolph's bolsters. And even in tonight's game, we saw the same thing. The guy keeps his feet moving. There was a nice little play. He chipped the puck to himself in the zone, uh, got the puck in deep, sucked the defense in down low, and then was able to get the puck back to Hurdle, uh, who had time and space. So he's doing little things, not necessarily always showing up on the scoreboard, but he's doing the little things that are giving his teammates time, space, and the ability to make a play. So uh, Rudolph Balsers, uh, when he was originally traded, and they had said this on the broadcast too, when he was originally traded, he was kind of upset. Like, hey, I thought you guys wanted me. Why am I a part of this deal going the other way? Uh, and then for the Sharks to reach out again and pick him back up uh, because he was on waivers, it just kind of showed like, look, we, we really didn't want to give you up. It was just we, we had to. We were forced to. But now that you're available, absolutely, we want you back. It's not like you were just a piece that we were sending, uh, you know, as currency. Uh, there, there was, there was still a want for you to be on our team. So um, I think that's uh, that's motivating for the guy. So I, I'm really glad to see that he's stepping up and playing the way that uh, the Sharks organization thought that he could before he was traded. Uh, looks like he got some development maybe in Ottawa, and it's it's paying off right now in San Jose. So uh, you know, good on him, and that line is really thriving right now. Whereas before. Uh, especially with Timo uh, not really stepping up to the plate. And then Hurdle, when he was kind of injured, Donato was kind of up and down that line. There really wasn't any consistency on the second line for a while now. At least now it looks like we've got a solid line uh, for the uh, the second line at least. And that first line's always been buzzing. So at least our top six is starting to look like it's a little bit more reliable. And I can't say enough again about the Gambrell line. Uh, they were hard to play against tonight. Of course, they got a goal. Uh, or Gambrell got a goal, like you just said, behind the, the net there when well, when quick Gambrell, Yeah, Gambrell did get a goal in the first game against LA, and they called it back. And I felt so bad because I'm like, of course they called back the goal against Gambrell because he does everything but score. So good to see him actually get a goal, a legit goal <laughs> in tonight's game. Yeah. Um, but on that second line, Balsers, I think he brings a very good element to that line of his speed. His speed is... He's much quicker and speedier than both Timo and uh, Hurdle. And Timo and Hurdle are both big bodies. So they kind of can like chip the puck in, let Balsters go after it. He chases it and gets it back to them, gets possession. So it's a very good chemistry on that line. And I think that's why it's working so well. And I'm glad they were able to put it together and it's working because it looks, I mean, it looks good on paper just as well as it does on the ice. I think they're probably one of the better lines, um, giving the, like you said, giving the Sharks a solid second line. And I think that Gambrell line is coming together as well. It's, it's good to see them get a goal, and that's becoming a pretty solid third line right now. Um, getting a, a goal here and there in every other game is going to be pretty good for them and good for the team. Very good. Uh, one comment I wanted to call out here, Dan Nguyen says, how goes it, boys? Uh, it goes well, Dan. Four in a row, anytime you get four in a row, uh, it, it's it's going pretty well. And again, like we just said, the Sharks' lines look like they're, they're doing a, a good job of kind of gelling and playing well together. At least those uh, top nine, we'll say. Uh, that fourth line, it doesn't look bad. It's just not very noticeable, which is, again, most fourth lines in the NHL, uh, maybe except for the New York Islanders. Uh, none of them are very uh, you know, shiny to look at, I guess you could say. So, again, that top nine, we're looking like a pretty decent team right now. I'm very happy with it. And even the D pairings, uh, everything's looking fairly good there. Like I commented last time, you know, you've got the big three on the San Jose Sharks. you got Burns. Carlson and Vlasic, right, in terms of the big uh, money contracts, but their pair, their pairing guy, right? So uh, Ferraro, Kinezhov, Shimmick, they're making the, those other defensive guys better. Uh, they're, they're making the big dollar D-man better on their pairing. So uh, you don't see any one of those guys paired up anymore, like Vlasic and Carlson were paired for the longest time. So uh, I think everything's going really well right now for the Sharks. And again, when you win four in a row and you're a point out of the playoff spot, as bad as the Sharks had played the entire season, yeah, dude, things are going well. So, hey, thanks for joining the show. We appreciate your, your comment and being in here. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, Brent Burns real fast because he had his 500th assist. You know, Aaron, during the course of this show, I think the first season, we had the Joe Pavelski goal watch, right? Uh, so we we're looking for milestones there. Then we had uh, the, the milestone watch for Joe Thornton. And every seemed like every single game, he had a new thing that he was breaking a record for. Um, and then this season, and there's another milestone here is Brent Burns getting his 500th assist. Um, you know, there's there's only 19 defensemen in the NHL history that have gotten 200 goals and 500 assists. And I think they said like 14 of them or whatever the number was are in the Hall of Fame. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, Brent Burns is well on his way. Now, a cup would certainly help his his bid there, but. Um, he's a very special defenseman, and anybody who says otherwise, I, I'm sorry, maybe you just don't like the guy, but 
Uh, he, he's a very special talent and, you know, congrats to him on getting his 500th. And it was a very interesting way to get his 500th assist. I don't know if you caught this, but uh, he's out there and he breaks his stick. Now, Rudolph's Balsers sees this and hands him his stick. Here's the problem. Uh, I don't think Balsers is anywhere near as tall as Burns. So the stick's probably a lot shorter for Burns to use. Uh, but Balsers is also a left-handed shot and Burns is right-handed. So he's out there defending with a stick that's got the curve going the wrong direction. Um, he, the puck kind of gets floated up. He grabs it with his glove, puts it down, and he goes to pass it. But again, it's it's a wrong curve. So instead, he kind of goes on his backhand, which is now the stick's forehand, and then passes it up to <laughs> Rudolph Spalsers, who had gone to the bench and grabbed a new stick and then scores the empty net goal. So really a cool story for like your 500th assist, like this milestone assist, right? That you were able to use someone else's stick that which was like the incorrect handedness and make an assist to him, even though it was an empty net goal. Um, still pretty incredible stuff. What do you, what do you think about that? Isn't that the well, craziest story? I think it's hilarious. And I would take that stick and frame it by Brent <laughs> Burns and have Rudolph Balser sign it. I think that would be fantastic. But yeah, Rudolph Balser gets the assist and the goal on the same goal. With the two sticks <laughs> out on the ice. But yeah, he, he put it on the backhand and you can kind of see he stutters a little and kind of looks down and goes, Oh, right. That's not, the curve is going the other way and then he passes it up to him. So um, yeah, it, it's pretty cool when you see unusual stories like that. And it just makes it even more special that that was his 500th assistant of his career. I, I can't imagine more milestones being broken with someone else's stick. Uh, so that's probably one of the firsts. Um, so pretty unique and, and pretty cool makes for a good story, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. We've definitely seen someone score with uh, another player's stick. I think it was a, a goal that was scored with the opposing team's player's stick one time, and he kind of showed it to him. It was Patrick Kane, I think, uh, but not as a milestone goal, right? So like you right. said, very, very interesting, very unique kind of thing going on there. So uh, anyway, let's talk about the game tonight. Again, another win. This one, I believe, was a 3-2, right? Yeah, so, um, you know, Jones gets to start again. That's the thing we didn't talk about last, last game here was Jones has started – and uh, he had already started the previous game as well. So just he's getting the net a lot. I mean, he's he's the number one right now. He is the hot hand. Um, and Devin Dubnik is kind of just taking a back seat and uh, sitting back and waiting for his turn. The, the interesting thing here was, again, that this was not just back-to-back games, but back-to-back nights. The games were were not 24 hours apart, right? So um, for, for Martin Jones to get set right back in after having already started, I think it was two or three in a row, this might have been his third in a row. Uh, still, it just seems kind of uh, incredible because we were even saying, you know, expect every Friday, Saturday to be one goalie and then the other one. Uh, but I guess because they're getting a little bit of a break and they only have the Tuesday game, uh, maybe Dubnik gets the Tuesday game and then Jones gets a whole week worth of, of rest or something like that. I'm, I, I don't know. What, what do you think about Dubnik kind of sitting out right now? Well, maybe because it was against the Kings and that's Martin Jones' old team and he usually – plays well against them. So that probably played a factor into at least starting it. And then he gets a shutout. You're kind of like, Oh, well let's keep the ball rolling and see how well he does. I'm not a big fan of back to backs, even if there's a shutout beforehand of the goalie starting again. So I thought that was kind of odd. Um, But Martin Jones is piling up the wins now. So you're trying to do as Bob Bugner would be trying to do is get as many wins as possible for his team. And Martin Jones right now is the best option for him to get there. So I understand it. Um, it's not something that I would have done, but again, I'm not an NHL coach. So, you know, hats off to Bob Bugner for going with his gut and going with Martin Jones again and getting yet another, not just a win, but a regulation win, which is bigger than a shootout win or an overtime win. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I bet they're going to have to rest Jones because they play again on Monday, right? I think that's what the Tuesday. schedule this week is Monday, Friday, Saturday. There's no Wednesday game. So, right. Tuesday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, sorry, Tuesday. Um, yeah, I would think one of those games we'll see Dubnik. Maybe we see Jones again because he's going to be riding the hot hand going into the next game. And he's got now two days. But he did make a lot of saves tonight. I mean, they had 37 shots. And the night before they had 30. That's a lot of rubber coming at you in two days. So um, at least they're not traveling far. They're down in LA. It's not like they had to go very far. Yeah. It's nothing like getting on an airplane. That's the other thing. Like compared to other seasons, when you see back to backs, they're in the same place. So they're not getting on a plane and, and 
you know, seizing up the back and cramping up. Not that they're flying coach ever, but yeah, <laughs> I know what the coach is like. <laughs> I could definitely see uh, something like this uh, going forward. Honestly, I know this is a very uh, unique schedule for this COVID ridden season here. Uh, but I, I think there's something to be said for these two game miniseries. I kind of like uh, having the same team a couple nights in a row. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's almost like a small playoffish atmosphere. Uh, you get this kind of animosity between the two teams a little bit more than you normally would. And when somebody does something that needs to be responded to in the first game, it gets responded to right away, as opposed to you wait like, you know, almost a month sometimes before you play that team again. And then, oh, why did he jump him over there? Well, it's because a month ago, you know, uh, by then I think guys have kind of forgotten some of that stuff and it's not as fresh. I think that stuff uh, happening kind of back to back like this is uh, a lot more entertaining. So I wouldn't even mind having a schedule similar to this after COVID, uh, the whole COVID era is over, if you will. Because uh, for me, it's just a little bit more entertaining. But uh, speaking about uh, Devin Dubnik being out, again, there's a lot of this whole like trade conspiracy talk. And I, I figure why not I'll just throw a little another log on the fire here. Um, you know, it, it could very well be that, you know, Dubnik is, you know, not getting as much time right now to just maybe they're in talks with another team and they're kind of just preventing him from getting an injury, trying to, you know, uh, keep his his minutes low and his games played low if somebody else is interested. Um, you know, and it could be also getting Jones ready to take on a larger load again. You know, he's already played, like I said, a few games in a row here, and he plays back-to-back nights as well uh, after even picking up a win and not giving him the night off, having him play again. So if they were to unload Dubnik for whatever reason, uh, you could imagine whoever they have playing as his backup would probably not get very many games, and this could just kind of be one of those Hey, can Martin Jones still handle having tons of games thrown at him in a row? Now, again, this is all speculation and whatnot, but I, it does kind of make me wonder uh, if that's maybe something that might be going on. Uh, do you have <laughs> any thoughts on that whatsoever other than you're crazy, Paul? Uh, yeah, you're a little crazy, but <laughs> I think uh, their trade deadline kind of talks now are, are going to be a little bit different because of the position that they're in right now in the standings. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as much as sellers as I thought they were going to be a week ago before they pulled off, you know, a streak like they are um, now think of it this way. If the sharks had played LA and Anaheim uh, and piled up those wins earlier in the season, and then they're playing Colorado and Vegas and they start sliding. So let's say the sharks jumped into a fourth playoff spot and now they're sliding and they're in sixth in the division. Would you be more in your mindset saying uh, they need to get somebody at the deadline to make this team better and get back to where they were? versus now where they're starting to win, you're kind of like, oh, well, I guess they're not going to sell people. Now they should try and get somebody. You know what I mean? It's a completely mm-hmm. different mindset based on kind of the schedule and how they were on the road for so long, and now they have a lot more home games. So, And they're playing weaker teams kind of stacked up a little bit more. I mean, this West Division to me is probably one of the weaker ones and the, and the best chance to get into a playoff spot compared to the other ones. So... um I don't know. Now, it, my whole line of thinking being one point out of a playoff spot is, man, maybe they should go for it. But, you know, maybe they shouldn't. And maybe they should sell and get as many assets as possible. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to talk a little bit about if this is the playoff team a little bit later on. So we'll save some of those topics. Um, but... Uh, no, I like where you're going with that. Uh, so we'll, we'll continue that conversation just a little bit. Uh, I do see a note here saying that he's over 900 on the save percentage there. Did you want to say anything about that specifically, or did, was that just a data point? Uh, well, that's a long time coming for Martin Jones and a lot of people that have been hating on him. So, um, I mean, his career save percentage is 909, and he's finally over 900. It's been since, when was that? Let me look at his stats. Uh... 2017-18 season was the last time he was over 900 and he was at 9.15. So a uh, long time coming. Poor guy's been, you know, through the ringer and the media and all the fans hating on him and wanting him to get bought out and traded or exposed to the draft and all this stuff. And now it's like, oh, well, he's he's playing pretty well. He's He's been solid the last couple of games. I hope it continues. I don't hate the guy. I like him. I think uh, when he's on top of his game, like he has been, he makes some pretty amazing saves. There's a lot in there where you're like, wow, how did he, first of all, how did he flex that much to get his legs across and to stop that puck? Um, A lot of the times I'm like, man, that's so lucky where he just sticks his foot out as far as he can and gets 
practically just the toe on the puck to keep it out. Um, he's very much a butterfly goalie. He takes everything down low away, which to me is like a high percentage of shots, at least up in close. They're going to be low. They're not going to be up high. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind Martin Jones right now, especially since he's winning. So I, I'm glad to see him do better. And uh, uh, Logan Couture was asked about it, I think, tonight in the press conference. Um, and he stuck up for him saying, man, I, I feel bad for him. I've been there. And he's working his way through it. And he works his tail off in practice, after practice, before practice, during the offseason, in the summer. He really worked and tried to be back to where he was or better than he has been. So kudos for him. And I'm glad uh, some people are recognizing it at least. Yeah, I mean, this is something we've said on the show about a billion times uh, is, you know, Martin Jones is not an elite goaltender, but he's also not a bad goaltender. And I also had said, and I'm going to, again, I'm patting myself on the back here. I don't care what you think about me. Okay. How many times have I said, when this defense starts showing up, you're going to see the goaltending numbers get better. Have I not said this a thousand times? Yes. Okay. Uh, Thank you. So, sorry. And, and yeah, you're supposed to respond. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it was way too long of silence there. It sounds like you're questioning me. Uh, so Bob Bugner had mentioned that. He says, you know, I'm really proud of the way that our defense is, is playing, not just the defensemen, but like our, our team defense. I'm really proud of the way that they're blocking shots, getting in front of it, right? Um, they're doing a great job of limiting those extra chances, keeping guys boxed out. Kachura talked about that during the post game tonight was, uh, you know, keeping yourself between them and the goalie, getting them out of that that high danger area. Uh, when the shots come and they're doing a much better job of that. And I think that's reflected again in the goalie for those on the podcast uh, podcast, rather I am using air quotes goalie stats, the save percentage and uh, goals against average. And even the more advanced stats, look, it's nice that they're called advanced stats and that they're more accurate, but it doesn't really necessarily spell out exactly everything. You can't predict these whole expected goals for and expected goals against when you're trying to use stats as predictive measures, I don't know. I kind of throw those out the window, but regardless, I, I watch the goaltender and how the goaltender is playing. And I think that he's always been decent, but there are times when the the defense around him is just not helping him out. And this is a guy who needs that help right now. He's getting that help from the defense and his numbers are reflecting it. Because again, for me, those numbers really tell the tale of the team, not just if the goalie is awake or not. Right. So again, something I've said many, many times, and people have argued with me, and that's cool. We all have our own opinions, but it's nice to see that when they are playing good defense, it's showing up uh, on the goalie stats as well. The, again, the quote-unquote goalie stats. So uh, enough about Martin Jones. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Timo and Kevin LeBanc. Timo, again, yesterday we had – or not yesterday. Uh, the last show that we did, we called him out. Yesterday he scores. Uh, tonight uh, it was the Kevin LeBanc show uh, finally to get off of the Schneid, right? So Kevin LeBanc gets his first goal. I think it was like nine or ten games. Uh, so it, kind of the same thing. He didn't do the whole move the team did with the monkey coming off of the back after he scored. Uh, but, you know, it was one of those ones where he shot it and it pinballed around a little bit, uh, hit off of Kopitar's leg and bounced in the net. And, you know, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, that's not really a Kevin LeBanc goal, if you will. Uh, this is a, a guy who should be shooting the puck for, for corners, uh, shooting for accuracy, not just throwing it at the net and praying. Uh, but at the same time, you know what? You put the puck on net. You never know what's going to happen. And it's just good to see him finally get one, even if it was off of uh, you know a bit of a pinball there. So uh, happy for Kevin LeBanc and happy for the puck to go in the net for him. Finally, it's been uh, far too long. The rest of that line's been doing all the heavy lifting. Evander Kane, Logan Couture. Again, they had another great goal tonight. I don't know if you caught this one. Uh, the, the puck gets down uh, low underneath the net, and Logan kind of gives his backhanded almost no-look pass, and it was... It just led Kane just enough as he was cutting to the net, and he just grabs it, waits out quick, and throws it in the back of the net. Beautiful, beautiful stuff by that line. But, it, again, nice to see Kevin LeBanc kind of joining the fun on that line because I feel like you could almost plug and play anybody else on the team next to Evander and Logan, and they'd probably be doing pretty well because those two are just on fire right now. So, anyway, uh, that's the whole thing with uh, with Kevin. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to mention about Kevin. Uh, just – yeah, I think that was very much a goal of Kevin because he banked it in the goal. Oh, oh boy. Oh, I got to okay. get a dad joke in there. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's actually get a comment here from Scott Kemp again. Uh, we still want to trade Timo. Uh, okay, back up, back up. 
it's not that I want to trade Timo. It's that I wouldn't be sad if we traded Timo. And frankly, I'm still on that boat. He had a good game uh, the other game, and I think even tonight he uh, he played well. Uh, but I think, Aaron, you said it last time around. I feel like he's got more to give. Absolutely. Um, he's was a couple of seasons ago was a 30 goal, 30 assist guy, 60 points. And everyone thought, Oh wow, he's starting to produce. And this might be just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Can he be a 40 goal, 40 point or 40 assists, like 80 point guy. But I just, I still don't see it only because it's not that he doesn't have the skill. It's the consistency to kind of put the team on his back and put up points consistently. I mean, take a look at what Evander Kane does every night, right? Every mm-hmm. night, this season, at least, he's been giving everything he can, uh, looks dangerous, and is almost always on the score sheet. That's kind of what you need from Timo Meyer, someone who's always busting their butt off to get on the score sheet and help the team get better. Um, and there's nights where he just takes off. You just you say, wow, where's Timo Meyer? He has zero hits in the game, maybe a minus one with one shot on goal. Like, come on, man. That's not even, that's not trying. That's just that's terrible. So if he starts getting rid of those games and I don't care if he doesn't score a point, at least have like three, four five hits and get yourself involved in the game and in the plays um, and have some scoring chances, either giving us some assists or making some, some dangerous plays that that's what I want to see out of him. And that's what the sharks kind of need him to be. Um, so again, it's not that I want him traded. It's more of depending on what was coming back. I wouldn't be so sad if he were to be moved. And to me, I don't get as as um, attached to Sharks players because I understand it's a business. To me, I see them as uh, these guys are hockey players. They're professionals. They've been working their butts off their entire lives to get to where they are. They don't care what sweater they're wearing. They don't care. It's a job. To them, it is a job. So if they get traded to another team, that's fine. They're not going to have any loyalty issues or anything they're going to want to play in the NHL and they'll be very grateful that they play in the NHL. So to me, it's not, it's not that big of a deal of getting traded, I guess. Uh, but at the same time, you can't just trade everybody like it's NHL 21 and you're the GM just doing everything, you know? So, to so I'm going to disagree with that sentiment just a little bit. I think some players absolutely do love the, the, the team that they play for and want to be on that team. Imagine, or, or just remember that uh, Eric Carlson did not want to leave Ottawa. He was very sad to leave Ottawa. Kept saying that this is my home. Uh, and so I'll always be my home, uh, all that stuff. So I think some players actually do get uh, fairly attached, but uh, I think on the, on the most part, I think you're right. I think a lot of players in the NHL, uh, specifically like the journeyman type players, right? Those guys. And especially like the younger guys, the rookies, the ones who are trying to establish themselves in, in the league, uh, they don't really care where they play. They just want to be known as an NHL player. I 100% agree with you there. I think for the more established players, the ones that are a higher profile, that have been on a team for a long period of time, I think there is uh, some level of connection uh, to the city, to the fan base. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, who, who knows how? Each individual is different. Uh, I just know that there are certainly a, at least a few that uh, kind of are in the other boat. I do want to bring up uh, Lundy again. Here's Lundy again with the 399. Thank you so much, Lundy, for uh, helping us out here, uh, supporting the show as you do every single time. Um, he says that game winner, LOL. Yes, uh, we, we actually talked about that a little bit earlier, Lundy, but I'm going to bring it up again anyway uh, as you're, you're helping out the show here. Uh, so, yeah, of course, he flubs the puck quick, flubs the puck behind the net. And uh, as I had said at the top of the show, Gamby loves a game-winning goal. So, uh yeah, no, it was just a great one. It's a great one to see. Uh, I, I love when Jonathan Quick specifically uh, makes a mistake and it bites him. Uh, I just can't stand that guy. Uh, Aaron, there was a, a time I think uh, you were bringing up uh, many years ago when we were talking with uh, him grabbing onto Logan Couture's skate or something in the crease. Do you want, do you remember that one? Is that a playoff game? It was. Yeah, uh, there kind of was a, a scrum in front of the net. I think Logan got bumped into and and pushed quick the puck leaves the zone and quick ended up on top of logan and as logan's trying to get away he just holds on to his leg and holds him in the zone so that the kings could have an odd man break basically going back the other way and of course there's no penalty call because it was the playoffs so uh it's very frustrating to to see when i hate when other goalies when that happens like flurry is another one that i feel like he gets away with a lot of stuff 
Flurry and Quick just really, really frustrate me because they do those extracurricular stuff. Now, if they're on my team, I would absolutely love them. But when it's against your team, I absolutely hate it. So um also want to thank Lundy again for another dollar ninety-nine here. He says, I don't get attached to players either. Timo for Braun. Sarcasm <laughs> there. So thanks. Thanks, Lundy. Thank you, Lundy. We appreciate all the support you've given the show over uh gosh, the three years. He's been he's been with us a long time, Aaron. Yep. Very long time. Yeah. Thanks, dude. <laughs> thanks, bud. Appreciate that. Uh Kellen. Uh, we're going to maybe talk a little bit about that later on. It says, so pick up Henrique is what you're saying. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're still talking about whether or not this is a playoff team. We'll get there. Hold your thought for just a minute here. Uh, Brashon, Brash John maybe uh, says, yay, live. Glad to catch you guys again. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Hey, thanks for being here. We're glad that you're here. So uh, we, we're going to do the show anyway, bud. So <laughs> thanks for, for popping in. Appreciate you. Uh, let's keep going here, Aaron. Um, I had said on Twitter the Kings should be sellers. Actually, I said it in our show, and then I followed up on Twitter saying, if you caught the last show, I said that the Kings should be sellers. And my uh, my response again to that was, I said what I said, uh, because I'm not feeling that the Kings are a playoff team. Now, this is a team that went out and got Brendan Lemieux, I believe, uh, and they gave up a fourth-round pick. Now, this was not a hockey trade, okay? A hockey trade would be like the Demers for Dylan, right? This is... Two guys, same position, but we need to change the scenery for them. They're not quite performing the way that we want them to for our specific teams. We trade for each other, and hopefully that kind of sparks something. That's a hockey trade, right? This is we're trying to bolster up. This is something that's a little bit different, right? Um, If you were trying to get Brendan Lemieux on your team because you think maybe he could uh, do well in L.A., then you would give up something that's like a Brendan Lemieux in L.A. going back the other way if you didn't think that you were necessarily going to be a playoff team. This team thinks it's supposed to make playoffs. That's why they're giving up a draft pick for it. So, um, again, for me, I said what I said. And the Kings are now seeing themselves at seventh in the division uh, just barely above the lowly Anaheim Ducks and, of course, barely below the lowly San Jose Sharks. But the Sharks are on a roll right now, and they also got uh, games up against Anaheim and then two more against L.A. And then I believe we follow up with two more against Anaheim, don't we? Uh, I have to look at the schedule. but yeah. Okay, but in, in any case, I think the next five games, it's all Anaheim and L.A. Yeah, yeah, it is. And hopefully the Sharks take advantage. I mean – I feel like the game tonight versus last night, the Kings felt like a different team. They knew that they needed to even up the series, I guess, and, and beat the Sharks, and uh, thankfully they did not. But it definitely felt like a different game to me than the one before. Yeah, no, 100%. They did. They came out with a lot more gusto, uh, if you will. Um, I do want to call out now uh, Dan Nguyen. Oh, wait, before I do that, Dan, I'll get to you in just a second. Here's the schedule. And yes, it looks like, again, Tuesday is against the Ducks and then two against the LA Kings again. Uh, But this time it's at home. In fact, all five of these games are at home. And the next two will be uh, Monday and Wednesday after next weekend, again, against the Anaheim Ducks. So that's, that's five games in a row. Teams that we've beaten in this season fairly consistently and we should be able to take these points. Now, whether or not we give a few points up here and there, whatever, but I feel like we can certainly come out with 10 points in the next five games, right? Yeah. Don't you think? Should I mean, we? don't you think? Is there any way that, we, I mean, obviously there's a way that we don't, but don't you think that this is like our points for the taking and if Absolutely. we don't get them, there's something wrong? <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I know that the team is feeling the same way. So they're, they're looking at these games going, this is our way to get back into the standings and get into a playoff spot uh, and get some momentum going into other games and working on things. Right now they're playing well. I like the way their game has looked in the last week, um, maybe the last five games. So um, I think it's coming together. I feel like they're getting some more confidence in themselves and, and getting other lines rolling, not just that top line of, of Kane and Couture going. So it's good for them and um, good for the team, good for the development as well as the younger players. 100%. Okay, so now I'm going to reach out to, to Dan's comment here. Dan with a 999 Super Chat. Dan, thank you so much, buddy. We do appreciate all the support that we're getting from you guys, especially tonight. My goodness. Uh, and, and the comment there says, right on, boys. Now, not even a question for us to answer, Aaron. Uh, what, what do you say to Dan? Thanks, Dan. Right on back. <laughs> right on. Awesome. Love it. Uh, let's see. 
What else do we got here? Um, oh, I, I saw a really interesting insight um, from Randy Hahn. Actually, before I get to that, I do want to let Dan know, uh, we do have, again, the, the finfactor.com. We have a sale right now, 40% off everything in the store. So uh, that $9.99, I appreciate you. I absolutely do. Uh, feel free next time to go get yourself something nice from the store uh, at, at the finfactor.com. Because again, there's a sale going on up until April 12th. I'm not sure if you knew that or not. But uh, yeah, feel free, head over there. Uh, if you find some merch that you like and then send us a picture or something and we'll be happy to post it up. Uh, there's the graphic. Yeah, I don't need to go through the whole thing again, but just wanted to, to make sure that you were aware uh, of that sale there. Okay, so now let's. I wanted to go back to this uh, interesting insight that I uh, heard tonight from Randy Hahn. Um, he was actually going back to Mirko Mueller, if you remember this guy. He was a guy that was drafted in the first round by the San Jose Sharks. Uh, turned out he wasn't what the Sharks were looking for, uh, and for the organization at least. He thought he was going to be this top-pairing uh, defenseman, and he just never really developed into that. So they took him, traded him in New Jersey, and they were able to get a second-round pick. That second-round pick, Aaron, do you know who it was? Take a guess. Uh, I'm going to look. Quickly. Lop. Mario. No guessing. Or no no looking. Sorry. Yeah, nice. Mar- Mario Ferraro. Yeah. So awesome. uh, it, it took a while, but uh, <laughs> boy, did that first round pick pay off. Yeah. I mean, they hit the jackpot with Mario Ferraro. Again, I can't say enough about this guy. Even tonight, I don't know if you saw, he had like a shift that was a minute and a half or so long. And then he went off and, and took a, a short breather and came right back on again. To me, that's not just an Iron Man, uh, like Iron Lungs from the young guy. That is a lot of trust in Coach Bob Bugner. Now, granted, Vlasic wasn't playing at this point, so they had to have a few more guys out there. But I'm talking like next shift. He was out there, and he had another long shift. So there's a whole lot of confidence in Mario Ferraro's game, as there should be. Uh, again, this is probably the guy on the team who I, I like the most at this point. If I'm going to get a jersey, it's probably going to be a Mario Ferraro jersey. Uh, at this point, because the guy's absolutely earned uh, my admiration for the way that he hustles out there. I mean, his skill level is there. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a very skilled player. But for me, it's all about the hustle. He just never stops. And that's something that, I mean, I'm sure you could teach. But when the guy's already got it coming into the NHL, um, that's certain. That's uh, certainly something that's going to carry you and your career. If you continue to do that, you're going to be a guy that is successful in this league and desirable in this league. So again, my hat is off tomorrow, Ferraro. Um, and also yeah. I just want to make a point that this is again, how unpredictable the draft can be and why it's not always such a good idea to take your first round pick and take a draft pick uh, coming the other way, as opposed to uh, using that to trade and get something that, you know, is a known good. Now Mario Ferraro panned out, but Merkel Mueller certainly didn't. And it wouldn't have been such a bad thing to take that first and trade it to get someone else. Your thoughts? Uh, well, first, any guesses on this ice time tonight? Oh, Mario? gosh. Uh, I want to say like 25 minutes. Try 27. Oof. Close. Carlson, 21. <gasps> Burns, also 27. Wow. So Mario bested Carlson by six minutes. That's incredible. I mean, granted, he was probably playing with Burns a lot more. He's on the ice with more with... Wasn't he? Yeah, sure. But okay, again, Vlasic's off the ice. So there's they're going through a five man rotation, which basically means yeah. that he was trusted more with those minutes. So well, even if he's the- Burns partner, somebody's got to switch out for for Farrow and now and then down, because there's only got five. They were down a left handed defenseman, not a right handed defenseman. So yeah. if they were down a right handed defenseman, that would have been a different story. But yeah. Yeah, maybe. No, that's true too. Yeah. Uh okay. Lundy again for another two ninety nine. Pretty sure I subbed since episode one. I think so too. I think you've been around that long. I believe so. Yeah. Man, when we had terrible microphones and didn't know what we were doing and crotch shots and a studio that was hastily put together. Okay. Guys, if you're newer to the show, like even uh second season guys, okay, I would encourage you to go back and watch episode number one. <laughs> one four, I think it was for the first that we had terrible equipment and everything yeah bad sound quality it's not very good i would encourage you to go back and watch that not to judge us <laughs> but to see the progression see how far we've come uh it's definitely night and day uh i'm i know i'm a lot more uh loose and comfortable uh than i was back then i still have the uhs and ums but uh, that's always going to be there but the uh 
yeah, the comfortability, I think, in front of the camera and talking with everybody has definitely uh, gone farther than when I started yeah. this whole thing off. Uh, That's for sure. Brashon, Brashon actually just bought a hat. Thank you. He also oh. has a question. Is there any way we can protect Mario in the expansion draft with three Ben, three D-men? He's actually protected. He's protected because he does not qualify since he's only two years into the league. So uh, he is automatically protected. We're not going to lose him. That's for sure. I love it. Um, oh, super oh, producer Jason. Oh, no. Super producer Jason. That is the crotch shots. There you go. Oh, uh, no, we didn't even no. have these. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. We had just black colored shirts. Yep. Just uh, and of course, the studio. My goodness. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for that. Oh, yeah. Another guy that's been around forever, uh, Sonic Tonic here says, started at the bottom. Now we're here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we, we were definitely at the bottom. I got to say, uh, let me shout out real quick and we'll get to keep talking here. But I got to shout out uh, Super Producer Jason uh, for sticking with us for this long uh, <laughs> through all the bad quality that we gave him to work with. Uh, he still decided that the show was worth doing, I guess. So, uh, yeah, absolutely big ups to uh, Super Producer Jason. Uh, keeping us uh, looking fresh and everything here with the uh, new equipment uh, ideas and and all those uh, the, the help with the lighting and everything else, especially uh, in this remote session stuff. So, again, really good job there by Super Producer Jason helping us out with that. OK, um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to ask the question, Aaron. This is the question. Is this going to be a playoff team after all? You know what's going to happen? I think I said this last week. Sharks are going to go into this session playing the Kings and Anaheim, win a bunch of them, get a lot of points, jump in the standings. Then they're going to end the season against Colorado Vegas and get destroyed and miss the playoffs by a couple points and get a terrible draft pick. That's what I think is going to happen. So remember last time when you said, I'm going to try not to be a Debbie Downer? <laughs> There is a comment. There is a comment in here. I gotta find it. Uh, oh, I gotta find it now. It said, well, while uh, you're finding that, while you're finding that, Lundy says we love you, Jason. Uh, so we just throw that out there. And then Sonic, Jason, you're great. Brass, John, Jason deserves a raise. I got news for you. Jason doesn't get paid for this. Here it is. I'm a shark for life. About uh, eight minutes ago, says Aaron, about to be a Debbie Downer. I can feel it. It's coming. <laughs> You've got a reputation, bud. Whatever. I'm a realist. You know what? <laughs> sure. I'll be a Debbie Downer and it's going to happen. And you're all going to say, oh, man, Aaron was right. Ugh. Yeah. I don't want to be right. I don't want to be right. I, I will be glad if I'm wrong. Of course, I want to see the Sharks in the playoffs, but then they're going to play Colorado and just get flattened. Aaron Downer. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so now here's my other question then, because it's, it's, this has been called a reset season, uh, by general manager, Doug Wilson. So in a reset season, generally, yeah. I mean, he even said, we're not giving up our first and I'm not expecting him to trade away the first just because there's a hint that maybe they'll make the playoffs. They're not trading that pick at all. I get that sense from him. Right. Um, but I do wonder, does, does this maybe mean that they're willing to make a slight improvement here or there, or are they just going to say, you know what, this group specifically, uh, earned their playoff spot when they probably should not have been a playoff team. We're just going to go in with them. They've earned it. We're not going to get anybody else to come in and take anyone's eyes time away. Yeah. I can't imagine them bringing in anybody that would be a difference maker without paying a high price for it. So sure. I, I, we have enough guys that are depth that are third, fourth line guys. Why would we add any more even defensemen? I feel like we have another one or two that could pop in there. So Nobody, I feel like, in that lower end that would be a difference maker, a third or fourth line guy would would make sense to me, especially since the Sharks don't really have any assets or anything to give up, and I wouldn't want them to give up any picks coming up in this draft or even next year's draft. So um, I think uh, I think what's going to happen is they're either going to just miss playoffs or make it and just get bounced in the first round. Now, it's not the worst thing in the world to get bounced in the first round because – you're going to get some experience for a lot of those young guys that have never even been in the playoffs yet. It's not a terrible thing and it's playoff hockey and you never know. And there's a saying that we used to always say on the show, right? If you can get to the dance and you have a chance. So if you can make it to the playoffs, you get a chance to get all the way to the finals and win a cup. And of course, watch this team. They're going to trade away Marlowe at the deadline 
and then they win a cup without Thornton or Marlowe on it. Only to fuel the fire. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? I would I mean I would feel great, but I would also feel kind of bad. <laughs> I'd feel great, be like, yeah, we won a cup, but I feel really bad because now all those haters of Marlowe and Jumbo were right. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, let's talk think? about next games. We got again. We already said this. Wait, 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 wait. What oh, do you think ahead. of this team? Do you think they're a playoff team? I honestly, at this point, I feel like they're going to make the playoffs. Do I think they're a playoff team? No. You think does they will? Sense? You think they will make the playoffs? But does that make sense? I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they'll make the playoffs. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. they don't belong there, but I think they'll actually squeak in. I, the standings are very interesting because St. Louis is out of a playoff spot right now. Yeah. Arizona is in. Minnesota's above them by nine points. That's a lot. To me, yeah. Minnesota is becoming a lock uh, to make the playoffs. Yep. And then Vegas and Colorado are on a whole different level. Yeah, I know. Totally. Uh, Brass John, for like the third or fourth time here, is saying uh, Timo and LeBanc for Eichel. That's not happening. Um, yeah. I, I just no. don't see. No. No. 10 mil. 10 mil a year. That's not happening. I mean, I would like Eichel on the team. Oh, me too. But I, I don't see, I don't see that happening. Like, I just don't see the Sharks going for it like that. Like we just yeah. said earlier. Yeah, me neither. And I think Eichel would, I know his stats aren't there at all this season, but okay. I think Eichel uh, brings more than Timo and LeBanc combined. Yeah, let's do a roll call right now. Yeah. And you tell us where you're watching from and if you think, this team is going to make playoffs. There you go. Now, well, let, let's clarify. If the team's going to make playoffs or if you think they're a playoff team, because there is a difference. All right, what do you want to ask? I think we'll team? just, okay, we'll go with what you said, though. Will they make the playoffs? But okay. I, I want them to understand there's a difference. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so uh, there you go with that one. Now, let's go ahead and just talk about the next games, and we'll get to those uh, their responses. How about that? Okay. Uh, next games, again, we put the calendar up already, but Tuesday against Anaheim, Friday against uh, L.A., and Saturday against L.A. Again, these are all home games for the San Jose Sharks. So uh, though there won't be fans in attendance, they'll at least have the benefit of knowing the ice, knowing the boards, yes. knowing the bounces, uh, last change, all those different things. Aaron, talk to me about these three games in particular. I, I think you know where I'm going with this, but what do you think? Anaheim's kind of limping right now. I think they're... They're going to be done. They're going to be out. Um, uh, did you know John Gibson got hurt? Uh, yes. <laughs> right? Every year? Like clockwork? Do you remember the year yes. I said? <laughs> yes. No, I I always say, like, John Gibson is probably – he's an elite goalie to me, but he's not in that category because he gets hurt every year. But he puts that team on his back. Anaheim has more points in the standings because of John Gibson. No question. But he can't stay healthy. So anyway, LA is coming in. Um, they have a lot of promising youth that are in their in their lineup. Um, they have a, a gosh, they have a high end prospect defenseman that just cracked the lineup, and he also just got hurt. Uh, they got a new centerman uh, that's pretty much going to be taking over for Getzlaff, but he's still too young. Um, and they have another winger. So they've been they've been on the losing end for a couple years now, kind of rebuilding and seeing the changing of the guard from that Getzlaff regime going to the new one. So Anaheim is going to be a team kind of like how Colorado was a couple years ago where they Colorado was, uh, had a lot of high end prospects. I mean, we all know them now McKinnon and Rantanen and Landeskog. And um, you could tell this team was going to be good, but they couldn't quite put it together. That's kind of where Anaheim's at right now. They're probably another two, three seasons away before making playoffs consistently and becoming a dominant team. So it's exciting to me. It's exciting because you get to watch these young guys and, and I like seeing these 19, 20, 21 year olds coming in the league and you're like, wow, who are these guys? They're doing amazing stuff. Even if it's not on the Sharks team, um, but definitely a team. The Sharks should win. Uh, they're going to have an extra day of rest than they have for the last couple of weeks going into that game. It's going to be at home and then they're going to come back and play again, two more games against LA who they just played against. I think those LA games are going to be only going to get harder because LA is now clawing their way back into what they think should be their playoff spot. Um, they're going to be doing everything kind of like how tonight's game was. I felt like the Kings pretty much outplayed the Sharks for the most part, but just couldn't get it on the score sheet. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those games is almost a blowout where the Kings just kind of put everything all together, 
because they are so frustrated with the Sharks beating them so much. Um, now, I didn't look at the Kings' schedule, but I imagine they have two games before they come into San Jose and play. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think those two games are going to be tough, and it's going to be more of a playoff atmosphere, especially since they just played them this week. Um, so that's going to be four games within a week of each other, basically, or within eight days. Uh, that's going to be very much a playoff atmosphere. And you should all be tuning in and watching these games because it's only going to get better from here. I think we should be taking at least four of these six points. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. I feel like the Sharks will probably drop one of the LA games just because it's the Sharks. But um, I think that they should win all of these. And we've shown that we can beat LA uh, in back-to-back nights. And there's no reason we can't do it in our own barn. Uh, as for Anaheim, again, they're at the bottom of the standings. I know we're not too far above them, but I think this team is surging while, like you said, their team is kind of floundering, especially with Gibson being out. Uh, he is, like you said, uh, the you know stirs their drink, really. So with him not there, uh, this should be a team that we absolutely roll over. So um, I, would, I would definitely expect at least four points out of uh, this next stretch here, uh, hopefully six, but we'll see uh, where it goes. Now, I got a comment here from Patrick Hayes saying, why are we talking playoffs? Playoffs? (laughs) You know why, Patrick? Because we're one point out of a playoff spot, and the trade deadline is in, what, a week? So that's why we're talking playoffs. It's it's a very real possibility. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to be winning in the playoffs, but, I mean, by default, if we win enough games, we might find ourselves there. So uh, who knows? Um, But, yeah, that's why we're talking about playoffs, because we're – if you take a look at the the standings, we're actually right there. Uh, they are hotter takes than the weather. Sharks, I, I mean, the know. Sharks are only one point out of a playoff spot right now. Yeah. That's why we're yeah. talking about it. Hello. <laughs> uh, our next show is going to be next Saturday night. We're not going to do one after the Tuesday game. Tuesday, right? I think it's a Tuesday game. Yeah, Tuesday. We're not going to do the one after the Anaheim game. So our next show will be Saturday night. We, uh, some guys asked in our last show, if we would do a show during a game. Yeah. Um, we kicked around the idea and we just kind of still have to pick a game on the schedule, but we are interested. That'd be kind of fun. The problem is we can't have any of the, uh, the feed uh, audio or visual. So it's literally going to be us doing a show kind of like this and comments talking in the comments. Yeah. Um, and we're watching the show like silently, basically, <laughs> while we're talking to you guys. So I don't know if it would be as fun or not, but uh, at least you get some live comments from both Paul and I during the game instead yeah. of reading our tweets. It's something we can try for sure. There'll be a delay, obviously, because there's like a one minute delay from from when yeah. I'm actually talking to when it actually shows it to you. So um, I don't know how well that would work with a game being played real time. So um yeah i I don't know we we can certainly try it but uh it might be a little weird (laughs) so not really sure about that one anyway um let's see actually again i want (laughs) one more thing from patrick here uh patrick says remind me to never take betting advice from you guys okay (laughs) i don't know man i'll tell you what patrick i'll make a deal with you uh if they do take like i maybe because of the comment i made that they should be winning all these games uh, if they do take four out of six points in this next week here, promise me you're going to come back on Saturday. It's the next show we're doing is on Saturday. Promise me you'll come back and uh, let, let me know how we did. If uh, if you think that, uh, you know, well, not even if you think that, you're going to know how we did. You're going to see how the game's played out. So you, you come back in and you tell me either I was wrong or I was right. And one's going to have to uh, say I apologize uh, to the other, I guess. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing you or seeing your words typed in the chat there, buddy. Pretty sure I got this one. What do you think? Sure. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, cool. I love the back and forth. It's always fun. One point out with 20 games left. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of points on the table. Uh, there are a lot of times we're playing LA and Anaheim too. So uh, It's also good that it's it's all divisional games. So you yeah. have to do a lot of leapfrogging in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, somebody's got to make it in there, and uh, you know, if the sharks are 
continuing to roll the way that they have been. Uh, why not us, I guess? So anyway, again, next show, like we just said, Saturday night, about 10, 15-ish or so. So Patrick, I look forward to uh, seeing you uh, back in the chat there and uh, all the rest of you guys, obviously. Lundy, Sonic Tonic, Kellen, all of our regulars. You guys are awesome. We do appreciate it. Please do remember next time, uh, I'm sure that you do every time to hit us with that retweet, uh, get us out to your friends and family. Okay, so Aaron, anything else you want to talk about here? Are we all wrapped up? I think we're good. Okay. Uh, Kellen, I like where your head's at. Let's get to the dance. I'm with you. And buy a sticker packet with your winnings. Hey, I like that. There you go. Hopefully you win more than $3 if you're betting on this, by the way. If you do, uh, pick up a hat. Uh, We've already got a couple hats gone tonight. Thank you guys again for supporting the show. Uh, with all of the super chat, if anybody hit us with the Venmo and we didn't catch it, I apologize. And we'll uh, we'll check and get you uh, your comment or whatever it is next time around. Uh, and of course, anybody who went to the store tonight and took advantage of the 40 percent off again, that's happening all the way through April 12th, the, t- the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's the graphic right there. So, uh, again, premium quality stuff. We didn't skimp. We wanted to make sure that if. Uh, we were going to wear this stuff that we were going to be comfortable in it. So uh, it, this is really good quality stuff here, guys. So I appreciate you again, all the support you guys have given us over not just this season, because uh, this has been a really difficult season to do shows, but also uh, the seasons prior. Uh, you guys are awesome. And uh, we love you for sure. So with that, I'm going to say uh, goodbye to you guys. So for super producer, Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys Saturday night. After the Sharks take at least four out of six points. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.